it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. With you until 6 o'clock tonight on Monday Night Sports Talk. Pat Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen is with us on the telephone. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk. Turning into another busy Monday, Matthew, with uh, some basketball news, some high school news as well, right? Yeah, the uh, the fun never stops. Uh, although I don't know if necessarily all of this is fun related with uh, all the scheduling snafus that are going on with Illinois men's basketball right now, but some some good high school news and uh, Illinois football's got some good news too with their their roster for the 2021 season. So lots to talk about tonight. Well, let's get us get us up to date right away on the high school situation. Yeah, Colin Likas, our preps coordinator, has got a site or a story up at uh, newsgazette.com right now, and uh, admittedly so, he's got a much better handle on this than than I do. But uh, with from my understanding, with the Illinois Department of Public Health saying that Region Six can move from Tier Three to Tier One, that means low-risk sports in high schools, which right now currently in this area only involves boys swimming and diving because boys and girls basketball is considered a high-risk sport, the low-risk sports can then effectively start a season uh, and kind of have meets and uh, events go on. And uh, the higher-risk sports, I believe, and again, go to newsgazette.com. Colin's got a story up there right now, and we'll have more in Tuesday's paper, but they can start to hold uh, inter-squad scrimmages and practices, which is a lot more than nothing, which is what they couldn't do for the last two and a half months. I wonder how many seniors in those sports have already kind of checked out. I'd know? say a lot. Yeah. Understandably so. And and as Colin's written about two before, a lot of high school athletes in our area are crossing state lines into Indiana mm-hmm. to, to play some sort of games. Uh, again, they're not high school games like we normally see during the winter, but they're still participating. And you see that in, in all the states that neighbor Illinois. They all have high school basketball going on, and Illinois doesn't. And frankly, who knows when that might happen this school year, if at all. But if you're a kid and you're playing, and you know that you're probably not going to play at the next level, or you're mm-hmm. going to get a scholarship, and you're just kind of doing it because your buddies are doing it, your friends are doing it, uh, your girlfriends are doing it, or mm-hmm. whatever – now that the calendar has turned to 2021 and it won't be long, you're there into the, the final home stretch if you're a senior to, mm-hmm. to, to graduate. If if that goes off on time, you yeah. might just say, let's get this over with. Yeah, it, it's such a, it's got to be such a frustrating situation for all the high school athletes involved out there um, because you're going to come – I would have to think you're going to come to a point in, in high school, uh, if you're a high school athlete here in Illinois, if you're a football player, if you play basketball, if you play baseball, you're going to have to make a choice on what sport – you decide to compete in and same thing maybe on the girl side whether it's basketball volleyball softball things like that um going back to that too 
I know high school football and high school basketball gets kind of top billing in this state and, and understandably so considering the history too. But you have to think for high school baseball and softball and girls soccer and track and field athletes who missed out on everything last spring when the pandemic was just at its onset here in, in this country, the uncertainty that they're facing too and having maybe even a more of a condensed version of the schedule. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's an all around unfortunate situation for those high school athletes involved. And uh, let's just hope it gets, resolved it at some point i learned something today about the tier system that i didn't know i didn't know you could go from tier three right to tier one i didn't know that either (laughs) but uh, as we've all learned in these last 10 months uh expect the unexpected and uh then it goes from and i was talking to our editor jeff d'alessio about this on friday evening and he's been providing daily updates uh, at our site and in the paper for the last 10 months which i know has been draining on him but he does it to such an astounding level where it's easy to understand and easy to comprehend but because i was confused last friday when it's like okay you jump from tiers but then okay what about the phases because that's all they're in and then it's also confusing too with just the terminology because on the idph's website for high school sports they have different levels associated with them. So you're dealing with tiers, phases, levels, and it's all just a bunch of gobbledygook sometimes. We've got some confusion in uh, Big Ten basketball scheduling as well. Scott Ritchie with us. He's the basketball beat writer for the News Gazette. The Michigan State game, Illinois at Michigan State on Saturday, if you haven't heard, will not be played Saturday. Michigan State has some more positive testing going on up there, uh, positive test results. So if that goes to the say if Illinois gets the game in tomorrow night against Penn State and we're assuming they will at this point knock on for Micah <laughs> or whatever this <laughs> countertop is um, then there will be a 10 day in between time in between games for Illinois and that uh, that'll be interesting yeah of course and Brad I don't know what mentioned it today that the the rest of the Big Ten schedule as we currently see it right uh, will probably not look like that you know, may within even this week. Mm-hmm. But you know, Illinois played one game last week you know, on Saturday against Ohio State. They'll play now, we think, once this week, uh, tomorrow against Penn State, and then again just once next week uh, on the 29th um, against Iowa. Uh, three games in three weeks is not the typical college basketball schedule. Of course, who knows what things could look like. The Big Ten could shift some games that are on the, the calendar a couple of days because tomorrow's game was actually supposed to be played Wednesday. Right. But Penn did they did they do that to keep to allow Penn State then to not go back to Happy Valley? Did they stay in this area after playing at uh, Purdue yesterday? You know, I'm not sure. I think the the main reason they moved it was so they could squeeze in a rescheduled game between Penn State and Rutgers on Thursday. I see. So that would instead of a back to back, Penn State now just has you know a Tuesday Thursday, but. Uh, more of that could happen, so I, maybe a game gets shifted into you know, this week. Or, but with you know Michigan State out right now, Nebraska is out and could be for a long time. I mean, they have twelve total positive cases um, in their pro in their tier one personnel, and includes Fred Hoiberg and I think what at least six players, if I remember you know that correctly. So who knows when they're ever going to play again? I mean, I, I'll just show up. <laughs> Either at State Farm Center or wherever else, you know, when I'm told to be there, because I don't think the schedule, as it stands now, is going to be the schedule. That well, we'll, that we'll Penn State uh, Purdue game yesterday in uh, West Lafayette was Penn State's first game of this calendar year. Yeah, they hadn't played in two and a half weeks. <laughs> uh, so 
you know, they're probably not firing on all cylinders quite yet, uh, whatever that means for tomorrow's game. Uh, nothing, maybe, just the way Illinois has been playing. Uh, but it's, uh, it's what this season has been about. I mean, you just you don't know what might happen day to day, and you've got to be able to adjust on the fly and be ready to maybe play a game you weren't expecting to play a couple days from now. I wouldn't want to be the schedule maker right now in the, in the Big Ten trying to figure this out because it is literally day to day, if not hour by hour. Well, it, it's it's turning into a situation that we saw play out this fall in, in Big Ten football, where not every team is likely going to play the same amount of conference games, and uh, with the twenty game league schedule, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if Penn State and Nebraska can reach those 20 games, and even in Illinois' case too, because they've already had two games postponed, and you'd have to think they're, you'd be foolish to think in February that there's not going to be more games postponed at the at the rate we're going here, especially in, in January, so uh, what that means come the Big Ten tournament in terms of seedings and, and how the pairings sort out there, and, and what this ultimately means for the Big Ten as well, and the NCAA tournament committee meets to dissect, you know, the, the 68 teams they're going to be playing in, in Indianapolis uh, in March. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of unanswered questions, and I feel we've been saying that for the last 10 months, but that's just kind of how our life is now. Bob Osmussen, perhaps the smartest guy of this particular show, he's staying home. How you doing, Bob? I'm good, and I, I want to say basketball can no longer make fun of football. <laughs> okay, they're all on the same page now. They're... Everybody's having trouble, so I feel bad for all those kids that can't play, but we knew this was going to happen, and it's okay. And it is, it is sports, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not all the critical. I, better that people are alive than playing basketball, is my theory. I know Scott disagrees, but I think that's where I am. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm so cold-hearted, Bob. <laughs> Boy, Bob waited a long time to get that cheap shot in, didn't he? <laughs> And he does it from the confines of his house. See if you want to pull that knife out of my back real quick. (laughs) We're 10 minutes in, and that that thing is out now. Let's go to the phones. Phone lines are open. Eric, you're on with us. Go ahead. Hey, guys. uh, I was curious. When I heard about Nebraska, I I remember during the Big Ten tournament last year, the game that actually got played, Hoiberg was sick for that one, and I thought maybe he had COVID, but now he has it now, so I didn't think he could get it twice. Well, he he didn't so, test positive he, for COVID last March. He just had he the flu no, he in had March the flu and, and looked really bad. Yeah, yeah I sort of remember. He thought he was going to like keel over there on the sideline. Yeah, but, but uh, the, that that program, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just packed it in for the year. They're they're absolutely horrendous this year. <laughs> you know, like Chicago State did, and some others are doing. The women's programs are starting to do around the country too. Well, Purdue's not going. Or excuse me, Nebraska's not going to pull out this season because there's money to be made from their television right. contracts. Uh, Chicago That's State true. didn't really have a lot of takers on the TV well, market. And, and Nebraska brought back Big Ten football, so you have to think they'd have the same kind of pull in <laughs> Big Ten basketball. <laughs> and they're no worse than they were last year, yeah. so I mean, they're used to that level of play. Right. But in terms of testing positive for COVID twice, uh, Frank Martin, the coach at South Carolina, apparently has tested positive twice. Uh, he had one, I think, Earlier in know, the spring, in the spring, mm-hmm. and then again tested positive last week. So um, I don't. Maybe the first one was a false positive. I don't know, but he's apparently has it twice. Uh, and uh, question: what, Where's the? I didn't check. Where's the Big Ten tournament at this year? Basketball well, it's supposed to be in Chicago. There is some talk about maybe moving it 
perhaps to Indianapolis. And to me, that makes sense, Scott. What do you think? I know they're talking about it. They're at least talking about a lot of things, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's maybe move it to Indy or don't, or just don't do it. Right. Because if you play the Big Ten tournament in Chicago and something happens and you have a bunch of guys test positive, or, or really if you have one guy, um, that puts your NCAA tournament status uh, uh, in jeopardy. And I don't think any team wants to do that. So if you can go to Indy where it's going to not be a bubble, but a quote-unquote controlled environment and do that, I think that's the best route to go. And if you don't play the Big Ten tournament, maybe you can use that week to pick up some of the games that have been postponed in the regular season. Uh, lots on the table still. Well, and also, too, and this is a, an indie controlled uh, discussion, but the Indiana high schools today announced that they're moving the state the boys basketball, boys and girls basketball state tournament finals, which are usually held at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. They're moving that to April 3rd, which is the weekend of the Final Four weekend, to potentially free up some opportunities for Bankers Life Fieldhouse to host NCAA tournament games and also, I guess, limit the number of people that are actually in Bankers Life Fieldhouse for that. So there's that nugget as well. What else you got, Eric? Uh, uh, Lauren and uh, uh, Brian were talking this morning about the seating for the tournament being uh, more more logical this year with without having to factor in travel and where they place teams and pods and all that, and that sounded like it would be uh, actually significant where teams get slotted in their true slots as opposed to, you know, who knows what they how they do that. So I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on that either. That would be all I had. All right, Eric, thanks. Uh, yes, we do have some thoughts on that. And, uh, Scott, you could lead off. Well, it's going to be sort of about as close to a true seeded tournament as you can get if they do that because when – you know they have to take into account geography. Sometimes, you know the number one overall seed gets paired with the top number two seed, and in this case, it would be the your number one overall with the number eight overall. And maybe it's quote unquote more fair or more equitable tournament. Mm-hmm. But I think even post pandemic, I think the NCAA could do that because basketball teams, I mean, for the most part, travel pretty easily. Uh, and for the tournament, the NCAA could probably kick in for some of the smaller conferences and right. get them somewhere where I mean, maybe the fans don't make it, but, I mean, honestly, how many fans from the Big Sky champion are, are making it wherever that team winds up in the NCAA tournament? Weber State's got a lot of fans. They're calling and, it, and I don't even it, know if they're in the Big Sky. They're calling it an S-curve or, or try to get as close to an S-curve as you can. There's still going to be some... Some things they'll have to tweak. Yeah, they, 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 they try to re- avoid conference and, games maybe happening yeah. you know, in the second in the second round. So it it won't be likely. I mean, set up just you know in right. a perfect bracket, but it'll be closer than than normal. I well, it's going to be interesting too. And Scott, you brought up the point of you know whether to even play the Big Ten tournament just because of the potential for positive cases and how that af- might affect teams moving forward in the NCAA tournament. It'll be curious to see what low to mid-major conferences decide to do those one-bid leagues where the winner of the conference tournament automatically goes into the NCAA tournament, what what their rationale is as they try to figure this out. I know the Atlantic 10 conference was supposed to – conference 10 tournament was supposed to be in Brooklyn. Well, they've already uh, shifted plans for that, and they're looking at campus sites to, to potentially host that tournament. So a lot I, of unknowns between now and – I mean, there's, there's an easy fix. What conferences could do is what the Ivy League did forever until they got in on the conference tournament game is just 
your regular season champion is your automatic qualifier. Good point. Let's just hope there's a selection Sunday. That's all I care about. I think we're like, what, eight weeks? Yeah. It's coming. It is. 526 is the time. Phone line open, 3569397. Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take our break. First break of the uh, night to be back. Feel free to join us after this. Welcome back to the show, 5.30 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6. Coming up tonight at 7, it's the uh, Brad Underwood Show, the coach with Brian Barnhart. Also, they're going to talk a little bit of football and wrestling on that that show tonight with Ryan Walters, the new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, appearing on the show this evening, and Illini wrestling coach Jim Heffernan as well. Wrestling team, nice... uh, couple of wins yesterday at the State Farm Center. Yeah, they picked up some wins, so it wasn't a completely lost weekend at State Farm Center for uh, for Illinois sports fans. But yeah, it's really impressive what Jim Heffernan's program's done so far in, in this uh, pandemic-abbreviated season. And, uh, you know, cool for them because they got two local products and Justin Cardani, a Champaign native who started at Centennial High School, won uh, two state titles with the Chargers, and then Luke Luffman, a three-time state champion from Urbana, that uh, they're both fixtures in that starting lineup for the uh, Illinois wrestling team, so they're they're off to a good start. Bob, let's talk a little football with uh, a lot of guys coming back. That list is, uh, and we'll get back to basketball talk before we're done as well, but uh, that list is about a dozen or so seniors that have said so far they're coming back, and another Coach was introduced today officially, Andy Boo, the linebacker's coach. Your thoughts on some of the guys coming back? Well, uh, again, normally Illinois would be freaking out because they lost this huge senior class, right? But they got half the guys back. So that's a huge start for Bilema. It gets them, gives him a chance to win more games than he really has the right to this, this first year. And I think uh, the hiring continues. They've got two spots. I'm ready about this for Wednesday. Um, they've spent a lot of money, but actually he's holding some money back. He's not spending. It doesn't look like he's going to spend every dime he's got. So that's kind of cool, too. But they, they are building. And I, everybody I talk to about this staff is impressed by what they've done and how they've done it. And I think uh, the head coach is getting a lot of credit, but I think the people that's put, put, put in place to help him is also very, very important, too. I think he recognizes this thing is not a one-day deal. It's not a one-year deal. It's probably a three- or four-year deal, but he wants to be good as soon as possible. So I, I think they're going the right way. We do have the phone lines open, 356-9397. Monday Night Sports Talk with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussel. Let's go to Mark. Hey, Mark, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, I was just wondering what the consensus was of the impact that the governor uh, has put a ban on uh, intercollegiate sports, specifically football, basketball, et cetera, how that will impact the recruiting of Illinois football players. Because if you're a senior, then the last time that you played competitive football, you would have been a junior where Indiana, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Iowa, et cetera, are playing uh, Michigan are all playing and Wisconsin are all playing full seasons. Uh, what kind of impact is that going to have on uh, potential players um, for the University of Illinois and more importantly for them to go to other schools? Yeah, that's a good. I think in, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead, Bob. Well, I was going to say, it, I, it's a, in a strange way, 
it kind of didn't really impact on Lloyd quite as much as it should have because because Coach Bielema just got here. He's going to have a, kind of a smaller class, so he doesn't really kill him. I think the bigger thing for him is get ahead on next year's class. So I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to crush them. I do I do think that you're right. There's going to be imp- impact on the kids from Illinois that get recruited nationally. I think, but I just wrote a story a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of kids. People come here. People come to Illinois to look for players. They're not going to have that option in the fall, but they know the guys, and they'll be able. If you're a good player, if you're ready to go play college somewhere next year, they're going to find you. You'll have a chance. I, I don't think it's going to be drastic. I think it's everyone understands. This is a one-year deal. Those guys are as juniors. Are under, our player of the year last year uh, was a junior. He, of course, he transferred out of state, but he uh, so he, he kind of got ahead of the ball. But um, they're they're going to be found. I think if you even play, the coach schools will find you. I promise. Well, I think right now, in, in terms of Brett Bielema, with uh, I think his number one task when it comes to recruiting in state is just kind of establishing a rapport with the high school coaches. It's not necessarily. Okay getting the chance to go out and meet these players in person because like every college coach you can't go out and recruit and and that's the case until at least mid-April right now but it's the chance to be on the phone to set up zoom calls to talk to these high school coaches that want to that want to not only have their players be recruited but also just kind of recognize that hey this is important for the University of Illinois to attract homegrown talent and I don't think Illinois I know Bielema has talked about this I know some of his assistant assistant coaches have kind of jokingly referred to this but you can't just lock down the entire state and keep all the best you can keep the really some of the really good players but Illinois is a big state recruiting wise for programs throughout the country there, there's coaches from coast to coast and all throughout the southeast and everywhere else that, that really focus in on Illinois and, and Chicagoland uh, area and Scott Ritchie just uh, flips his laptop around that uh, Illinois is losing a wide receiver. Scott, you want to fill us in since I my eyesight's not that great? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, Casey Washington has entered the transfer portal, so you know, there's maybe an opening for an in-state wide receiver to. And that's not problem. good. There you go. And now I'm going to have to make some tweaks to the Tuesday sports section <laughs> after we get <laughs> off air. <laughs> awesome. You didn't think it'd be that easy, did no, you? No, never. Of course not. <laughs> That the recruiting question, Scott, I, I think Mark was probably talking about football recruiting, but the same could be applied to basketball recruiting as well and, and how difficult it is during these times because they can't see anybody in person. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, there's Illinois recruits that are playing elsewhere across the country, but right. yeah, it's a recruiting dead period and there's no going out to see them. And how many Illinois kids are, are leaving the state to play? Well, yeah, and, and Bob mentioned uh, our All-State Football Player of the Year, J.J. McCarthy, last year. He was at Nazareth Academy uh, up in LaGrange Park. He transferred to IMG Academy in Florida for his mm-hmm. senior season so he could play. I mean, basketball-wise, um, there have been – and this, I mean, this is like players of all you know, levels, but you know, at least more than 50 kind of maybe n- known names in, in the basketball circles that have transferred out of state. And that includes uh, an Illinois target in the class of 2023 – Actually, two of them. Uh, Jeremy Fears, who was at Joliet West last year, transferred to La Lumiere in Indiana. And then Matas Bazoulis, who was at uh, one of the Hensdales. I'm going to say Hensdale Central off the top of my head. But he transferred out to Brewster Academy in New Hampshire. So you know, some of the, you know, the top guys are leaving the state. 
who's hurt the most by this are the seniors that, and this could be football or basketball, the seniors that maybe would have had like a breakout senior year, the ones that weren't mm-hmm. on the college recruiting radars, maybe all of that, all that much now. So they've have, unfortunately have maybe lost some opportunities there. I mean, they, they could still wind up playing college sports somewhere, but it might not be at maybe the level they could have ultimately reached. As we uh, mentioned a minute ago, Casey Washington, a wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. Owen Carney was in that portal himself, but uh, he decided over the weekend to come out, and he talked about that earlier today. My time in the portal was not that extended. You know, I believe it was a week and a half. And, you know, uh, Coach B and Coach Patterson uh, did a good job of calling me every day and stand on me and give me some reminders and tips about the type of place that I was leaving and they kept, they made it known that this place is special and good things are to come. You know, at the end of the day, I had I had to look in the mirror and I had to um, write down some things and, and weigh out the pros and cons. And throughout this process, everyone told me to do what's best for me. I felt like this place truly will be the best option for me and I should finish what I started. That's big number 99, Owen Carney, 28 tackles last year, seven tackles for loss, five sacks, which was sixth in the Big Ten. Bob, uh, that that helps because the uh, D-line is looking a little bit thin. Oh, it's a big deal. And I thought it interesting that he looked, he was in the portal for a week and a half, as he said, and looked around, and I think what's happening sometimes, especially in football, there just are not, not enough spots to go around. So guys like Ron is a really talented guy that will help Illinois. He found he got in and looked around and said, wow, this is not as much fun as I thought it would be. And I think he realized his better option was to be back here in Illinois where he played well. They need him. Uh, he'll certainly play a lot this next year. So I think this is a big deal. Casey Washington, I think that that deal makes sense, some sense to me because we know what Coach Bielema has done in his history. He's, he's going to be run-bound. They're going to they're run more than throw. They're going to throw some. But you look at Wisconsin's offense over the years when he was there, they ran first. And so if you're a receiver, might not be quite as appealing to be here as it would be to be in a, an all-passing offense. So I, I think it makes sense that he might have decided to move on. Also today, we had a chance to meet for the first time the newest addition to the coaching staff, Andy Boo, the linebackers coach who coached with Brett Bielma for one year at Wisconsin. It's really good to be here at Illinois and, and back together with Coach Bielma. You know, this is a, an opportunity of a lifetime to rejoin him, you know, on this staff. And, um, yeah, really fortunate to be at the front end of this thing and really excited to to see what, what we're going to do here. And that's what we've been looking for, you know. Um, you know, our kids are at an age that they're, they're you know, I have a 7 and a 10-year-old. And a so, you know, we – we, we really want to stabilize them before they get into junior highs, you know, so this was a, this was a blessing um, to get this opportunity to come here. That's new linebackers coach Andy Boo, who has some Big Ten experience. I mentioned he spent one year at Wisconsin back in 2012. He also spent a year at Rutgers and three years at Maryland. Most recently, Bob, he coached at Arizona. Of course, they made uh, some changes out there. Your thoughts overall with uh, still at least one position to be filled yet on uh, Bielma's staff. Your thoughts on the staff as it's shaping up. Yeah, I, I, liked, I liked what he had to say today. 
Obviously, he's got great experience, not just in the Big Ten, but beyond. I tried to lure him into a Jim Harbaugh, Brett Bielema comparison, which he wouldn't do. I, he, I asked him about some of the other people he worked with. He was with Stan, with Stanford with Harbaugh, I think, two or three years. And he's, to me, the good thing about him, and I think a lot of these guys in the staff, their experience is beyond just their position. So he's been a coordinator on multiple stops. I think that's a good thing. I think the more heads, you know, the more knowledge you have, the more guys you know, have that are able to help you come up with some, some sort of plan, the better off you're going to be. So I think I think all the staff, it really, I think he's done a really good job putting people together. He's got two more spots to fill, I think, Steve. I think well, obviously one's going to be a receivers coach. I'm not sure who that is, and he's got one other spot to play with. And I think you can add the add make the staff even better. But I, I think I mean, I'm looking back at Sasquatch at Illinois over the last 30 years I've covered it, and this one is is uh, accomplished at this point as most of the other staffs they they've had there. So no offense to the other coaches that have been here in the past, but these guys are pretty good. They've done a lot of winning at a high level and in, in, in uh, some Power Five conferences. So I think I think he's done a good job so far. Plus, if- you know what? That that five million spends pretty well. Uh, it's pretty easy, you know. Hey, you want half a million to come coach at Illinois? Yeah, I'll do that. I mean, that's not a really hard, hard question to ask most 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 people. We've got plenty more to talk about on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS, and we'll continue after this. Stay with us. Moving up on five forty-six. This is Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly, surrounded by. The sports writers from the News Gazette, sports editor Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, covers basketball and other things. Bob Osmussen, the football beat writer, they're with us with the phone line open 356-9397. Congratulations to former Illini golfer Nick Hardy. A nice week for him in Honolulu. I think everyone wishes they could have had a week like like he had. What, he qualified for the Sony Open on, on Monday? and then Monday. Posted he actually qualified twice if you look at it this way because he he played in the Monday qualifier mm-hmm. and tied had for the, a, the fourth spot mm-hmm. had to have a like a three way playoff to determine who the the last guy was going to be then he he uh, finished sixteen under par and made one hundred and thirteen thousand plus yeah that, that's that's pretty crazy he was only five shots uh, away from uh, Kevin Na who ended up winning the tournament on on Sunday and. Hardy posted four rounds in, in the 60s. I think it was a 63 on Friday, and the second round was his was. best best overall number. But uh, that's quite impressive for a 24-year-old who has played majors before. He's played the U.S. Open a few times, but this was his best ever finish at a PGA Tour event. And the seeds were kind of planted last year uh, in the Corn Ferry Tour where he finished, I think, in the top 20 on the money list and, and was consistently in contention at a lot of those tournaments last year, and uh, I mean, what a what a week he had down in Honolulu, and and one he's going to carry with him moving forward. Yeah, he was just outside the top ten, which would have gotten him another event exactly on the PGA Tour. But rounds of sixty nine, sixty three, sixty six, and sixty six got him at sixteen under par. So a good payday of just over one hundred thirteen thousand dollars. Speaking of numbers, Scott Ritchie. The Illini did not drop out of the top 25. We had this conversation, you and I, at the State Farm Center before the game was over. I was just curious, knowing a voter closely, like I do you, ask you the hypothetical, do you drop them out if they lose this game? 
And you told me, yeah, maybe not, but they're probably going to be in the last three or four, and that's where they ended up at number 22. Yeah, and there are 63 other voters besides myself, and uh, Illinois was not on 30 ballots this week. Is that right? So uh, they got a little help, though, because, again, apparently there's no consensus consensus on where to rank Illinois. Uh, Jesse Newell, the Kansas City Star, has them at 11 still, and I think... I'm not entirely sure his reasoning. He always has one of the quote-unquote most extreme ballots. Has he been asleep a couple of weeks? But <laughs> I think his is very highly, you know, revolving around you know advanced metrics and Illinois. The, the numbers still like Illinois. The results have maybe just not been there. So certainly some underachieving maybe compared to and just the the pure numbers of it all. But uh, they wound up at. 22. I had them at 24. Is when I was talking with you. I was like, well, I've got <coughs> Homer. Spot at the bottom yeah. where Rutgers was, and they were going to be off my ballot. So that's right. But you know, I I came down to Illinois. Well, this for me came down to Illinois and, and Louisville, and just kind of looking at their resumes, so to speak, next to each other. You know, both had the same number of top 100 wins. Uh, but Illinois had four better wins than Louisville's best, so that, in my mind, I guess, yeah, was it meant a little more than the five losses compared to Louisville's two, and you know, also all of Illinois' losses are not as bad as Louisville's worst loss, which was Miami. So, I feel like Chris Mack from Louisville's calling on on the the line right now. <laughs> well, I mean, to pick with you, Scott. Should have told him you don't lose to Miami, Chris. <laughs> and he's like, I I don't lose to Ohio State. Well, I'd say it's better than Miami. Very true. With well, the, with EJ Liddell leading the way. Yeah, it was just, I mean, <laughs> it's not like Illinois didn't recruit him. Yeah, didn't Brad Underwood well, write him like a... How many times have we seen that movie, right? It was, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> didn't didn't Brad Underwood write him like a three-page handwritten letter? I remember that from his recruitment. Yeah, and like he was a top priority, but he still plays like he has something to prove against Illinois um, and just lit them up on on Saturday. Fun times. <laughs> sure, a lot of Illinois fans were, remember, were thrilled by that. I, well, I remember when he made his college decision, and my first comment was, or first thought was, oh, that's too bad. It could have really used him. But mm-hmm. my second was, at least he didn't go to Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> then I realized, because I have to see him twice a year in, in many cases when he's playing at Ohio State. Uh, yeah, my, my thought, too, when, when he committed uh, out of Belleville West High School is, okay, there's there's the next K to Bates Diop, uh, the, the Illinois product. Yep. Uh, Bates Diop was at Nova, Normal U High and then developed into one of the Big Ten's best players and hurt Illinois over the years. And, uh, yeah, EJ Liddell did that uh, for certain on, on Saturday. Well, Brad Underwood, after the game uh, on uh, Saturday, talked about uh, an upcoming probable meeting on Sunday with with the players and a Sunday practice and Brad met with us today and not surprisingly he didn't say a whole lot about that but he did say this yeah we'll not talk about the meeting so you don't nobody else needs to ask but what happens in that locker room will stay there those are private we had a very good practice yesterday and um, you know I think it's it's nothing that we haven't been talking about and you guys don't know about it, from the consistency to the to the um, continued growth We'll see tomorrow if we've addressed some of those things. Tomorrow is against Penn State, Nittany Lions in town. Trent Frazier also spoke later this afternoon. I missed that, but you saw it. Uh, Scott, did he have anything earth-shattering to say? I mean, he did. He didn't say you know, word for word what happened right. maybe in the, the team room on Sunday, but 
he said kind of, you know, as a four-year starter like he is, he took you know, the responsibility for you know, kind of what's happened, not only in these last two losses, but in the games preceding it where Illinois just has had trouble you know, coming out you know, early and maybe playing to their you know, expected level of play. And you know, so that he has to do a better job of you know, making sure his teammates are ready to go at that opening tip. And, you know, they've been a really good 20-minute basketball team, uh, but, you know, he you know, admitted that, you know, they hadn't really put together that full 40-minute effort lately. And, you know, just they know that they what they can do when they do that. They just had to kind of get their minds around, you know, what it would mean if they didn't, and that's maybe more losses coming. And it's not always at the opening tip. Uh, I mean, it was at the opening tip. They were down ten to two. They got it back to fifteen to fifteen, and then gave up a fifteen to nothing run. So yeah, which they've given up a lot of those. Yeah, and man. I mean, they've been down by fifteen. That seems to be a, a common yeah. number multiple times. I mean, Penn State. You know, at Penn State, they were down nineteen to four at the right. start of that game. You know, down fifteen at halftime to Northwestern. That second half obviously turned around pretty well, but down fifteen again at halftime to Ohio State. Uh, like, they got away with it and won games against Purdue, against Indiana, against Penn State, but that's not a, a viable path forward in the Big Ten long term. If you're having energy issues and you're not making foul shots, that's going to come back to, to haunt you. Uh, here's a note from the what in the wide world of sports is going on. We could, have, we could write a book on just the last <laughs> 10 months. First time since 1961, the AP basketball poll did not include North Carolina, Duke, or Kentucky. Wow, <laughs> I, it's crazy. That, I think is like that's I'm pretty sure that was the top three recruiting classes in for 2020. Uh, so I mean, it's a lot of freshmen, but that's worked before. For but yeah, Kentucky's kind of rebounded a little bit, but got smoked by Alabama last week. Alabama's pretty good. Maybe a basketball school now. <laughs> Don't tell that to Nick They had our friend at Auburn beat, but they let they, let them come back and get them. Yeah, it, it's uh, Kentucky. They're, they're not great, and they've been better with Keon Brooks back. North Carolina was bad last year, so it's maybe not you know, overly surprising that even a brand new team mostly isn't any better. A lot of people in Champaign are really upset that the Tar Heels are bad. Devastated, I'm yeah. sure. And then Duke, um, you know, Jalen Johnson's been hurt some, and you know they took a nice little break. And see, if you're an home. Illinois fan, you want Duke to be good this yeah. year. <laughs> get, like, it's, it's get better, Duke, so that win, because <laughs> that win uh, doesn't look quite as good as it did when it was what number five Illinois against number ten Duke. Right. We need to take one final break here on uh, tonight's edition of the show. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. inside a couple of minutes before uh, 6 o'clock here on Monday Night Sports Talk on uh, DWS. Bob Osmussen has been with us on the phone. Bob, what are you working on this week? You're not still on vacation, are you? Well, gosh, no. I, I'm <laughs> trying to get some stuff done. Uh, I've got a column for Wednesday on the uh, coach's pay. You'll be, you guys will be stunned. and uh, Well, maybe more stunned. And I've got uh, Bill Billima yeah, that's that's coming up soon, and uh, Scott's going to also touch base with uh, Luke Goody at some point this week, the, the sharpshooter from Fort Wayne, future Illini, and 
get a get a wrap on what his senior season's like. It's turned out to be a pretty special season. They're undefeated, aren't they? Yeah, they're fourteen and zero. Fort Wayne Homestead and Luke's averaging twenty points, uh, about nine rebounds, uh, about five assists as well. So. His senior season is going pretty well. Also, I have a quick look later this week on uh, Parkland Athletics. They're getting going this week, too. And all the latest on the high school scene That's right. as well. That's right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank and, you, Steve. Uh, Thanks, Bob. Don't forget the um, coaches' show tonight, the Brad Underwood Show with Brian Barnhart coming up at 7 o'clock with Coach Underwood. Also, Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator of the football team, and Illini wrestling coach Jim Hepferton. And it all comes your way right here on News Talk 1400. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.